Hi, Robbie. No, not yet. <laughs> Sorry. <Yeah. laughs> I was turning on my video. <laughs> Kill it. Are you seriously wanting me to stop and then restart? Whatever. It's 29 seconds. I'm one of millions of Canadians suffering from electile dysfunction. Robbie Krieger-Smith. I am excited. I'm on the edge of my seat, almost like the last time I took a home pregnancy test. And this is the Political R&D Podcast. Back, back, back again. Yeah. <laughs> we only missed the entire election. Yes. <laughs> well, to be fair, it has been an election about nothing. That's true. It has. And it's actually been uh, so full of nothings. Shit. Shit. <laughs> yeah. That's not my threats. That's what this election has been full of. <laughs> and so we are going to talk about our favorite uh, election campaign moments. Our least favorite election campaign moments. And, and like polls, we're going to make some predictions that will likely be a harbinger of what's not to be. Yes, yes. And we are going to spend a little bit of time discussing what those outcomes might look like because it's going to be nasty. You betcha. <laughs> so what was one of your favorite moments? Uh, I think for me, the highlight of this election has actually been Jagmeet's thing, which is a little bit surprising because going into the election call, I thought he was the biggest joke in the campaign, including Maxim Bernier. Um, but I think that the debate performance, the incidents of racism that he's faced, the Trudeau blackface response and brownface response, I think that he's really demonstrated what he's capable of. Now, that being said, I don't think that his time as leader has really been overly outstanding, but I think that he has demonstrated what his abilities are when he's on his game. And if I were to make, if I was an NDP partisan, and he didn't form government, which, spoiler alert, he's not going to. I would think that maybe he deserves a chance to lead the NDP into the next election, actually. Hmm. All right. I I would give you that, actually, because he peaked way too late. Um, we should have, had we seen this, Honestly, for the last two years straight, if this is the Jagmeet, Jagmeet Singh that we would have received and been able to warm up to and, you know, he's a very likable person, he's, he's well-spoken, he's, yeah, he peaked too late. That's what yep. happened. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's doing some amazing things during this campaign and uh, so whoever he's got advising him hopefully has a job because they need to keep him on point for the next four years. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be really interesting to see. And I mean, one of the variables that we'll talk about later on is do they wind up holding the balance of power? Because 
if something happens like he's proposed a coalition government and he winds up in a cabinet position um, as the leader of the third or fourth place party, then it doesn't really make sense to get rid of him. And maybe he does stick around as leader for a little bit longer. What would you say your favorite moment from the campaign has been so far? Okay, you're going to love this. Uh, so my favorite moment was the week-long not an insurance broker scandal. <laughs> like it was it was it was so because because Trudeau's scandal was not really all that Canadian. Um and the not an insurance broker scandal and sheer, you know, it was just so perfect. It was just so perfectly ridiculous that Yeah. it was it kind of was a bit of a highlight in that one week because it lasted for an entire week, right? Mm -hmm. And was that when was that when the impeachment thing came up? Actually, because didn't that start to take away from the insurance broker scandal? Yeah, it was kind of around the same time. And, you know, it, it's funny because uh, I'm clearly not a conservative, big C conservative supporter, mm -hmm. but people try and paint Andrew Scheer as the boogeyman. And I just, uh, I, I think he would be a terrible prime minister. I think he would be, and I think he is an awful leader. Yeah. But I don't think he's the boogeyman. And the fact that this is the type of thing that is a scandal for us. Um, <laughs> really just shows how non-threatening he is. And right. I, I made a tongue in jest uh, tweet earlier um, referencing his uh, American citizenship scandal, yeah. basically saying that it turns out he isn't actually an American citizen. He was just trying to prove that he was kind of hip and edgy like Justin Trudeau and had some skeletons in his closet too. Right. <laughs> I think my exact line was more skeletons than Trudeau has Halloween costumes. Ah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which, yeah, it does look like he's a little short. Um, yeah, that was actually, that was probably my favorite moment. It was, and, and not, you know, not the first or second day. It really didn't become super enjoyable for me until about the fourth day. The fourth day that it was still in the news. It just, it was, it was, it was just peak stupid. Yeah. It was that that was when I started to enjoy that. It just it also highlights for me how stupid our political communications people are that these non issues become a big scandal in our country. Right. Like, like, how do you how do you not notice that the guy's been lying about his background for like almost two decades <laughs> And beyond that, hide from the media for several days about it. <laughs> it's just, oh, he's, oh, he's just such a dork. <laughs> yeah, no, he really is. Um, what would you say your least favorite moment of the campaign so far has been? My least favorite moment actually was the day that the poll came out that showed Alberta was going to do what it always does which is vote conservative and hope that something changes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> could have saw that one coming from a mile away. Right. Yeah. Um, like I didn't expect something different, but it was just that that first poll that came out saying that conservatives were sitting at about 67% support in the province was just like, man, you know, there's a reason that nobody's trying 
to even win your votes. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't know if this goes here or not. So I actually saw a tweet tonight by an Albertan who said, uh, you know, something about how he didn't realize that the prime minister, that Justin Trudeau had used up all of the, like all of the, or squandered all of his mandate and goodwill. And my response was he squandered it on Alberta. Like you, like, how do you not understand that everything that he did for this province, that stupid pipeline, that pissed off everybody else, a lot of other people. Attention, you've called a pipeline stupid. You are being reported to the Unalberton Activities Hotline. <laughs> we should maybe make one of those so we can just insert. <laughs> oh, no, the government made one. We don't need to make it. <laughs> no, no, I mean, make that, make, a, make an announcement. effect? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's interesting because uh, Max Fawcett wrote a really good piece, too, that said, you know, if Albertans want to get ahead and get their way, what they actually need to do is vote liberal. Uh, I wouldn't go th- else. Yeah, I wouldn't go that far. But the, it's true that if conservatives can always count on Alberta sending them to Ottawa with 60 to 70 percent support, they do take us for granted. And, you know, I've heard of ridings here in Alberta where they're not even campaigning because they're so certain that it's locked up. And, um, yeah, you know, one of the worst outcomes that could happen for Alberta, too, would be a liberal minority. Because the Liberals are going to have to count on the support of the NDP or the Green Party, depending upon the number of seats that they get, in order to form a government. And if that happens, Alberta's screwed. And I know we've talked offline a little bit about this, but if that happens, my prediction is that the Alberta separatist movement gets really serious really quick. And there's going to be a real, real problem with our federation if the Liberals win a minority and TMX gets cancelled. And so from that perspective for national unity and in terms of trying to get the pipeline done, I'm not saying that we need to elect 50% Liberals, but sending three or four Liberals like we did in the last election to Ottawa is really in Alberta's best interest because we need to have somebody at that table who's going to fight and defend for us. And the Conservatives aren't going to be able to if it's a Liberal minority. No, I agree. What uh, what was your least favourite moment? Uh, I would say my least favourite moment has actually been the whole campaign. <laughs> um, and here's Please why. Please narrow it down. <laughs> Please narrow it down. So, Uh, To be honest, I can't. And here's why. Because there hasn't been any substantive discussion about the future of our country. And I know Kim Campbell says that an election is no time to discuss serious issues. (laughs) But it's it's been a cult of personality, or in this case, a cult of no personality with Andrew Scheer. But it's been mudslinging, it's been personal attacks, and to be fair, it actually started with the Liberals, with their brilliant four or five days of opposition research that started off the campaign. Um, 
and then the black face and the brown face and you know the now the Kinsella stuff and it's just it's not at all been inspiring it you know i'm a very politically engaged politically aware person who for the first time in my life has actually considered not voting um and i i am mostly still undecided and will probably make my decision when i walk in to vote on monday morning oh robbie um oh deirdre (laughs) i'll have what she's having right (laughs) um I, I do like I, I do have to agree, but I am seeing something really exciting this election, this this campaign. And that what that what that is is the I, People's Party polling at two percent. <laughs> that's also exciting. Glad to see that. Um, <laughs> but also, we are looking at getting this a type of government that, we thought you could only get if we got rid of first past the post. True. I am so excited this year because people seem like they're not going to be scared into voting for something they don't want. I am just beside myself proud of the fact that that the NDP is holding, that that the liberals haven't moved, that the conservatives haven't moved. Um, this is so exciting because it in my mind it's it's fantastic karma for one mm-hmm. <laughs> they wanted something different you said you were going to do it you didn't well you know what we can actually vote in a representative representative government so that's fantastic but the biggest thing that i'm seeing and it should be the biggest wake up call to the parties is that none of them are speaking to a to a number of canadians Mm-hmm. Right. We're topping out at 33 percent here. And that's like that is ridiculously low. So if you can't bring more than that to the table to vote for you. Like they need they need to change and they need to fix it now. And I'm just super proud of Canada right now for for digging in their heels and not voting scared because yeah. that's what I think is happening right now. And it's like, yay. I mean, it could be really bad, too. But boy, am I ever excited about this. Yeah. Well, and it's, I mean, in 2015, I think it was pretty clear to most people that the Harper government had ran its course and that they were bereft of any serious ideas. Um, This election, it's pretty clear that most of the parties are bereft of any serious ideas, but it's not a foregone conclusion. It's not really apparent what the outcome is going to be. And, you know, Trudeau said, we don't need to get rid of first pass the post because we have a liberal government now and everybody's happy with that and I bet he's regretting that today I bet he well I mean maybe and maybe not because like I said this this to me looks like what we would have this is what we would get right the only difference that I'm not seeing is that there are people who who aren't willing to change their vote and vote for something that they don't want yeah and I'm like I am super excited because the idea that you can be scared into voting for something that you really don't want because you really don't want something else more. I don't like, I don't like how, how those elections have worked. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think they give us, they give us a false, um, not well in a way, a false majority. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't like that at all. Um, but yeah, when you look at some minority governments, 
throughout the course of Canada, some of the more substantive work that's been done, like Medicare or, or universal healthcare, was a factor um, or was somewhat advanced by having a minority government. Uh, you look at, I, I honestly, and I know people shoot me over this, um, but I think the first couple Harper governments weren't actually all that bad. Um, and, you know, they did what they had to do to take care of the economy and and to protect and insulate Canada during a rough period of global economic uncertainty. And I think that the Harper governments, the first couple were moderated by having that check on their power and having to be collaborative. And so, um, you know, there's certainly a lot of examples around the world where minority or coalition governments create instability. But I think in Canada, what they've done is they've had a moderating influence and helped to really make progress on some important societal issues. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's a good segue into predictions. I don't think anybody will be surprised that we are predicting a minority government. <laughs> We're predicting, yeah, a definite minority government. Uh, now, yeah, there's a possibility that's, that one of them might get a majority, but I don't, I, I'm not expecting it. No. And, uh, actually, is that all we're going to say about that? Because I have the perfect solution for what should happen if that minority government happens, if it's a minority liberal government. Okay, so minority liberal government, that's your prediction? Yeah. Okay, and what's... What's that so, look like? Okay, so what that actually should look like is um, at least a third, well, no, sorry, approximately two-thirds of Alberta MPs should uh, remove themselves from the Conservative Party, and <laughs> they should, now I'm not saying that they should cross, cross, should cross the floor, but each of them should say they will prop up a liberal government because of the pipeline they have mm. to for the team I, i'm not saying that edibles becoming legal yesterday or the other day has any influence on deirdre's hypothesis here but <laughs> i i'm that's that's <laughs> honestly what's the best case scenario to me the best case scenario is that the conservatives prop up the liberal government if it's a minority that's not gonna happen no Right. You know, I, I mean, it's interesting because maybe maybe the conservatives could work with the liberals in a quid pro quo where they do get a pipeline and and in exchange, there's some fiscal prudence um, and sensibility brought into the budget. Maybe. But I think it's unlikely, but I, I, things have I, happened. Think, I think it's too unlikely. That's why I'm really concerned, because <laughs> I think it would be I think it would be the best yeah. case scenario. But I it has been such a nasty election. It has, yeah. Right? And it's just been so divisive that I don't know if there's enough uh, goodwill on behalf of the conservative leader to be able to say, yes, we will do this. Um, I feel that they should, but I, I just don't know that it'll happen. So your other options are NDP props them up. But NDP mm -hmm. has already said they won't do it unless, or sorry, unless TMX is cancelled. Um, the Greens, there won't be enough of them. 
there won't be enough Greens elected to prop up the Liberals. Yeah. And the Bloc, um, the Bloc doesn't love pipelines either. No, they don't. Right? So, so basically, you have two parties that will want to kill the pipeline, and you have one party that would support it, but I don't know if they'll work together. So if it is the case that they won't work together, I want to see Alberta MPs, uh, like I said, form like this independent group of themselves that say we will we we will support, and then they don't even have to like air quote sully uh, the conservatives, right? Yeah, because yeah. they wouldn't be part of the CPC. Uh, I'm just looking because I think that Singh had laid out five or six priorities for the next parliament if he was to support a minority government. And as I recall, killing the pipeline was not one of them. I know he has said that he's against the pipeline, and but I don't recall that being a condition for support of a minority government. Okay, I thought I just saw that today. Okay, well, maybe he's added that, so. Um, Hold yeah. on. Uh, let's try NDP and pipeline. That should get me a couple of things. <laughs> uh, Pictures of Rachel Notley. Right. <laughs> um, oh, you know what? It might have been a, oh, it might have been a crappy meme. Yeah, so uh, focusing on Indigenous peoples and all government actions developing national universal pharmacare and dental care systems, making housing more affordable, mm -hmm. removing interest from student loans, fighting climate change by ending oil subsidies, helping workers transition away from the fossil fuel jobs, committing to science-based emission targets, and tightening and increasing taxes on Canada's wealthiest individuals and corporations. So I think he leaves a little bit of room there to be able to um politic and negotiate and like i said um you know whether it's have a quid pro quo or some sort of transition plan that accompanies the um proceeding with tmx um so he hasn't pigeonholed himself which is actually kind of smart unlike coming out and saying i'll support a minority government because i'm <laughs> already conceding the election a month before it's over <laughs> right <laughs> yeah. oh who isn't though the, yeah. only, the only person who hasn't made a really horrible uh, comment about what they might do in a minority situation is Trudeau. Mm. Well, Max Bernier too, I think, right? <laughs> right. Is he still around? Yeah, he, he's the guy that nobody will work with. <laughs> um, huh. it, it's kind of funny. It reminds me of in the Alberta election um, with Stephen Mandel and the Alberta party. And somebody had asked, you know, if there is a minority government situation, would you be willing to work with other parties? And the response was, well, we're we're looking to form government, but we'll talk to the, lib the Liberals, the NDP, or the Conservatives if uh, we don't get enough seats to form a majority. <laughs> it's good. It, it was pretty smart. Yeah. <laughs> Not at all rooted in reality, but pretty smart still. Um, so my gut is telling me that it's probably going to be a minority liberal government as well um and i now the interesting thing is i'm curious as to whether or not the conservatives could wind up because we don't actually elect a government that's true or we and don't a prime minister 
well, and neither. Party, really. Yeah. 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 We elect a party, and the party that gets a plurality of the seats normally has the first chance at forming government. Mm-hmm. But convention also states that a current sitting prime minister or the incumbent prime minister, if they elect enough MPs and can form a coalition with others, then they can make an attempt to do that. And there is a precedent for that okay. in Canada. We and had a, when was that? Uh, so it was... Because of course I'm going to ask, Robbie. <laughs> yeah, no, it was um, a conservative government that worked with the Progressive Party, and it was in the, I'm going to say the 20s or 30s. Oh, it was uh, Union. Sorry? It was, it, was it the Union government? The Union Party? Union Party? Uh, no, it, it was a conservative party. Um, and there was another party called the Progressive Party at the time. Oh, okay. Yeah, and um, so they finished second in the seat count. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it was Arthur Megan. Um, and I might be saying that wrong. Uh, that is not a name I recognize at all. Yeah. <laughs> he was the ninth prime minister of Canada. Um, ninth? Yeah. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So 1900? <laughs> yeah. So in the 1925 election, the Conservatives won a plurality of seats, just eight short of a majority. But Mackenzie King decided to hold on to power with the support of the Progressives. My apologies. So it was Mackenzie King. Okay. Um, so he was the leader of the Liberal Party. He came in second, eight seats behind Arthur Megan's party. And he formed an alliance with the progressives and became prime minister. Still there? I am still there. I yeah. Am. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, uh, there is a precedent for it happening. So this leads me to my next point. <laughs> God, I feel sorry for Julie Payette. <laughs> And I know who that is because I failed that uh, quiz. Yeah. (laughs) For those who don't know, that's our governor general, former astronaut, amazing human being. Right. Which is why I was like, how did I not remember that? I totally blanked. All right. Um, (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's interesting because in the last election, Trudeau had said that if he wins more seats than Harper, he should be given the first opportunity to form government but now he's using the same argument harper was making in the last election that the incumbent should have the first chance to form a government and come up with an agreement and so constitutional convention and precedent is that the incumbent prime minister will have an opportunity to form a government even if they don't win the plurality of seats so for me that would be the really interesting outcome would be say the conservatives get you know, 160 and the Liberals get 155 or 158 seats and they're able to come to a coalition or a confidence and supply agreement with the NDP or with the Green Party and wind up forming government with less than the the plurality of seats. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's really close to me. Mm-hmm. So if it was... 
I would feel differently, actually, if the Conservatives were to end up with, say, 160 seats and the Liberals ended up with 140. Mm -hmm. I would be a little... But if it's super close like that, I can kind of see why not try. Um, but even then, that's that's tough if if they actually don't get the plurality of seats. Yeah. Oh, that's a tough one. That's an unenviable <laughs> position, but it shows why our governor general is actually important. Mm, yes. <laughs> the, the one time every hundred years that she really matters. <laughs> right. um, and so are you... I guess so what do you feel like what do you feel like the possibility is because you did kind of make a case for uh the NDP not being completely off the table for uh, a a pr um propping up a liberal minority. Yeah, um I I think that that's the most likely they are the closest ideologically and you've seen Singh again kind of soften some of his hard lines mm. and uh, there's no downside in my view for Singh to do that, to try and get himself a cabinet position if he can, to raise his profile, to show that he isn't the boogeyman um, and that he can work collaboratively. And I think there's probably an appetite for Canadians to see something like that, to see leaders actually working across partisan lines. Um, that being said, he has unequivocally ruled out supporting a conservative government. So <laughs> that's the other interesting one, conservative minority. Yeah. So let's say a conservative minority, the Liberals aren't going to prop it up. Nope. The NDP sure as hell isn't. Nope. So who do they go to? they have they have to try and go to the block like do they because well that's the question too like do they risk um because this isn't something that i considered like you don't want to risk forming government without having that coalition right without having that because you don't have a plurality of votes and you could be out at any time if that was the case so so would any government, do you think, risk that? The whole reason d'etre for a political party is to form government, and they will do some crazy shit to try and form government. <laughs> and, you know, who knows? The Conservatives have been historically the party that's tried to open the Constitution. Um, they would have a majority of governments across Canada, and if they can focus on finding common ground, maybe they open the Constitution, get Quebec and the BQ on side, and Lord help us. <laughs> but, okay, you know, it, if, they, if they have a really weak minority, it's, it's a really risky move, and it's... They run the... <laughs> Andrew Scheer could be Prime Minister for less time than Kim Campbell was. <laughs> Uh, okay. Well, and, and I kind of wonder as well, uh, and this works either for liberal majority or, sorry, liberal minority or a conservative minority. Like you were saying, I think, and I agree, I think there's an appetite for Canadians want to see the government kind of smarten up. You aren't actually a bunch of children. And even though it's been fun for like the last four, maybe four years to act like it and, and to and to be really, really crappy people, um, 
you know, that's not why they were elected. And and it might kind of come to a stop here with with what it looks like Canadians are going to vote for this coming election. And so I'm kind of wondering, you know, will that be enough of a wake up call? Right now, they might all still be hoping. Okay, all liberals and conservatives are hoping they can eke out a majority. Mm-hmm. Now, so, right, they're keeping their hopes up. It's probably not going to happen. But wouldn't it be amazing to see either with that minority government who was able to, you know, work with the work with the Greens and the NDP to get their uh, to get their environmental plans passed and work with the Conservatives to get the pipeline passed and, you know, just just give and take. Right. You know, like in real life. Yeah. <laughs> Some give and take, some cooperation. Uh, you know, you know where your support is in each of those parties. You should be able to pick it up for those important things. What it might also do is throw an omnibus bill under, like, like they won't be able to use it because they won't be able to get the support mm-hmm. parties, right? So they would actually have to, you know, be open and transparent about what they're doing and when, and they would have to you know, try and get people to agree with them, yep. <laughs> work together. <laughs> yeah, no, I think overall it's good for the country. Again, barring a liberal minority where the pipeline doesn't go through. Right. Um, because I know what the temperature is in Alberta right now and what the climate's like and the climate will be changing if that pipeline doesn't go through. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I do agree. It's and and people are setting that up. They're they're, you know, they've got their their lighters going and they're just ready to start the fuse. They're yep. waiting for Monday and and that's really kind of sad to see from some of the people who are doing it. But uh, you know, but you're right. Like there is definitely uh, there's an appetite in Alberta to feel like they matter um it didn't seem to go far enough with trudeau basically using all of his political capital on alberta um so that didn't cut it and you know it's uh yeah the outcome is going to be something really major for us here Mm -hmm. and so yeah we will be paying attention but i'm still super 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 excited and i'm still i'm still thinking that that's yeah we're going to see a minority government yep all right so that's probably a good place to end it and we're not going to wait six weeks to come back and (laughs) talk to you again yeah yeah we should we should make a plan on that yeah so we're (laughs) going to have a fallout episode after the election much less than six weeks from now Yes. (laughs) Sounds good. Thanks for joining us. Talk to you soon. You can find political R&D podcasts, blogs, and our social media tags on our website at (laughs) politicalrnd.ca. Bye, Robbie. Bye, Deirdre. (laughs) 